Podcast. My name is Jeff Koki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 220, and welcome back to my front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. I gotta tell you, Phoenix all of a sudden this week started, beautiful Phoenix started peeking her head out, and this week has been gorgeous. Like, I mean, absolutely gorgeous. On it on Sunday, like this last Sunday, I got done preaching, and then we opened the windows in the house. I, I had a blanket on. I was watching football, and I had a blanket on. I was like, this is the best thing ever. It's so beautiful right now. Finally, this morning, I actually walked outside, sat on the front porch, and I was like, I think I might need a coat, right? And I was like, it's happening. It's like everyone in Phoenix, you start to see – Everyone comes outside and they start looking at each other and like, is it happening? Is it happening? Can we come out? And it's like, it's just this awesome scene where people are walking their dogs and everyone's a little bit happier because we just came out of this heat wave of hard and hot and all that kind of stuff. But, and honestly, this summer, I mean, if you're a Phoenician, you live around Phoenix area, like it wasn't that bad, like it, in comparison of all the other summers. I apparently we I wasn't here, but last summer I think they had like thirty days over one hundred eight or one ten or something like that. Like it was crazy, and so this summer wasn't that bad. But it's so cool uh, when the weather starts to break in, around here. Everyone just looks like got a little more skip in their step. Everyone's like not obviously as sweaty. So everyone's feeling a little more fresh and easy. <laughs> Neighbors are coming out. Kids are playing outside. It's so, so awesome. So it's been a lot of fun to sit out here on the front porch. And it's kind of crazy. I went through a weird, like, you know, being inside. In California, the beauty beauty of California is it, you know, you can be outside all year long. But in, in Phoenix, it's just not, you know, it's just not possible because it's so hot and and so I would sit in my front window and kind of do the reflections that I would normally do and and it was just weird I was telling my counselor like it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel the same doesn't feel right and so coming outside over the last few weeks has been like life-giving to me just absolutely life-giving so wherever you are man get outside because right now it is beautiful it is so so beautiful outside um thank you for all of you who continue to listen i just love it thank you so much love that you tune in love that you're listening and uh for those of you who continue to give monthly on patreon thank you so much and and uh there's a bunch of you who send money through venmo and checks and things like that really appreciate it It helps me to continue kind of moving forward and going thank you so much and for buying the front porch devotional on amazon love that thank you thank you thank you appreciate it so much all right we're gonna wrap up james chapter three We've been going through this uh, James chapter 3 over uh, the last few weeks, maybe uh, less two weeks. Uh, this particular section of Scripture has been deeply impactful for me, and it's also really forming. I, I feel like in many ways it's countercultural. It's pointing us to something different. It's pointing us to something greater and, and, and bigger. And so um, I just I, I can't encourage you enough to can dig into the whole context of James 3 honestly read the book of James it's not it's just a few chapters not too many and just listen James is trying to move us into the righteousness of God and remember that 
that James is the brother, uh, the half brother of Jesus. And so he's like, I saw my brother do these things. And, you know, I can even imagine him going like, listen, I was a doubter at some point. Like I didn't, I just thought he was crazy until I realized, no, he's the Messiah. And like, oh my gosh, my brother, my half brother's the Messiah, right? So he's just like, he's talking and he's um, about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what a Jesus life looks like. Now, I think only twice in his whole book does he reference Jesus, but the way in which he talks is the way in which Jesus lived. And so he's encouraging us and challenging us to do the same thing. So we're going to wrap up with James 3.18. And it says this, A harvest of righteousness sown in peace by those who are by those who make peace. So he's summarizing all of what we've done to, you know, he's talking about the ways of the world and the wisdom of God. And he's talking in, you know, in verse 17, if you go back and listen to that episode of what does the wisdom of God look like? It's all these beautiful things, full of mercy, right? Makes good fruit, um, all, all pure, like all these beautiful things. And so he's summarizing this whole statement by saying, and a harvest of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. And I love that summary verse. I love that summary statement. Um, And again, so much of that first century church language is around harvesting. It's around growing things. Like, you know, uh, when we first moved to California, uh, we moved into this house. And I think this house was run kind of by a Middle Eastern uh, family. They, they had lived in there for, I think, five or six years before us. And, and they had lived there for quite a period of time. And so um, they had planted all this stuff. And so we had these things called papples and we had persimmons and guava and uh, lemons. But one of the things that really stood out to us when we first showed up within the first month of showing up is all of a sudden they were grapes. And so we were like, wow, this is crazy. In that area, Rancho Cucamonga is known for its kind of, has been known for its grapes. And so in our backyard every year, all of a sudden the small little bush would produce this bounty. I mean, bounty of grapes. And these grapes were incredible. And we're always blown away that every year, without a doubt, they would come back and we didn't even have to do all that much to the to the to the grapevine they just came back and then we would produce these papples and we just loved that backyard because it was producing all this fruit and we were enjoying it and not only were we enjoying it but we were sharing it with other people and so i just thought like wow that is That is a really beautiful picture of what James is trying to help us understand. But in contrast, what I I came to understand is that as I was talking in the last episode, I couldn't help but think like he's again getting back to this idea of peace. And what I realized about our culture and about peace is that peace is not profitable. Peace is not profitable. You know what is profitable? Envy, wickedness, selfishness, jealousy, like all of those things are profitable. What What's not profitable in our world is peace. Peace is not profitable. People talk about it, but it's not necessarily super profitable. And this is a period of time, like at least in my lifetime, over the last 18 months, 24, that I'm like, wow, have we, have we not seen the narratives that are out there, the division that's out there? I mean, just the unkindly, unkindly words. Like if you just roll through a social media, 
If you roll through Facebook, you're like, whoa, what is going on? People are being very bold about division, but they're not being very bold about peace. And I just want you to know our culture loves it. They love the division because it's kind of like pick a side and you need to be on the winning side. And if you're not on the winning side, then you're losing and nobody likes to be a loser. But peace? (laughs) No, no, no. That feels, that does not feel like something our culture wants. And I think the reason why is because Satan hates peace. He hates it. Think about the garden. The Garden of Eden, the most peaceful place. Shalom. And what does he do? I hate this. Comes in and brings division. Or think about the heavenly realm. Peace. Why? God is ruler over all. Everything's pure. Satan comes in, divides. We see division happening. All wars and rumors of wars and, and destruction. He loves it. And so, as believers who are living in the wisdom of God, we are called to bring the peace of God. In fact, the words here that are used, I love, a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness. I love this imagery. Again, it takes me back to those grapes. It takes me back to that tree that's producing this great fruit. You know, it made me think, like, as I started thinking, a harvest of righteousness is that there's seeds that are planted and that it's producing this fruit, right? And, and, and it made me think of Jesus on this earth. Like, he's just, like, walking through village after village, even people after people, divided group after divided group. The people just hate the Samaritans, hate the lepers, right? Hate the weak, hate the poor. And Jesus is walking and he's meeting them and he's sowing righteousness. He's, he's displaying for us what right living, which is right, righteousness, looks like. And we're called to really do that. And think about this. Like, as you read through the scriptures, think about all the good that he did. Think about all the peace that he brought. I mean, think about a home where their, their, their son was sick. Or their son had died. And Jesus brings life. He brings peace into that place. Think about what he's going to do when he returns. He's going to bring peace into this world, right? Every tear will be wiped away. Every wound healed. Peace. And what it does for me is this idea of peace takes me back to the garden. It takes me back to the Garden of Eden. It takes me back to that original place where when he created everything, he said it was good. And why was it good? Because one, it was made by a good God, and there was peace in that goodness, peace in that garden. In the relationship between humanity and creation, there was shalom. Shalom is this idea of holistic peace. There was shalom. There was shalom between husband and wife. There was shalom and peace with God. Peace is where God reigns. It's what he's doing. And he's taking us back to that place. And he's saying, listen, this harvest of righteousness is producing this peace. And this peace is proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, which takes us back to why did Jesus die? Like a lot of, you know, I think we've talked about this, but like, you know, sometimes we get real selfish with this and we go, he died for me. Yes, of course. That is beautiful. He died for you. He didn't just die for you. He died to bring peace 
to bring shalom, not just to you, not just to me, not just to relationships, not just for humanity, but for all of creation, all of nature, macro and micro. He's bringing us all, he's redeemed it all. Right? See, what Satan wants is Satan wants chaos. He wants confusion. He wants division. Jesus is not only peace, but he died for peace, to bring peace, to bring that reconciliation. And, and now what he's inviting us into is to be people who righteously live and grow in our peace, producing that peace wherever we go, which for many of us, should bring us to a point of repentance. Because if we look at our lives, do we go, am I producing, am I producing a harvest of righteousness as a result of deep-rooted, one, peace with God and peace with one another? Ugh. Man, I'm actively trying to figure that out. Actively, it's so hard, but this is what it means to live righteously. This is what it is to join him in his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just see so many believers running against what Jesus has said. This is what it is to live in this world. This is what James is trying to help us understand. He's like, listen, if you're trying to be a person of envy and malice and selfishness and jealousy, like that's Satan stuff. That's division stuff. But... If you're a person of peace and reconciliation, that's going to produce just a beautiful harvest of righteousness and righteousness moving us into the life of God, the life that Jesus lived here on earth, which is what we're all being called into because sin creates chaos and peace is the reconciliation back to the original design peace brings that reconciliation back to the original design so it makes us have to ask the question are we a people of peace or are we a people of division are we living righteously or unrighteously and really work through that really bring your life into that form of conviction and then repent and ask the lord to help you and i'm doing the same help me with these things and I'm not perfect, and I don't have it figured out, but I want to, and I want to live a righteous life. So, Father God, we, we, can't do, we can't live this righteous life without you. And so, Spirit, continue to convict us, continue to lead us, continue to guide us in your way for your glory that many people would come to know you. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you.